Welcome to Everyone Loved It But Me. I'm your host, Lisa Hedger. I'm a freelance writer, journalist, and editor in Central Ohio. If you're a first-time listener, today you're listening to one of my Book Bits episodes, which run periodically. You'll notice the episodes with the title of a book, such as Where the Crawdads Sing or Mexican Gothic, are deep dives where I speak with someone who had a different opinion about a super popular book, hence the name, Everyone Loved It But Me. But if you're listening to an episode like today, a Book Bits episode, that means I'm going to talk about a number of book topics. So these episodes will delve into book clubs, library, book etiquette, general book topics, and there's going to be no spoilers in Book Bits episodes. Today I've got three super important topics. The first one is how do you avoid and get out of library jail? The second one is a big topic this fall. What are some of the best tips for the Scholastic Book Fair? And lastly, we dive right in to 2022 reading goals. Get those creative juices going. Start thinking about our our reading goals for next year. Now, on to the show. So the first question is, what is library jail, right? Let's be completely candid. This is my term that I have made up and it does not really exist in any official capacity. Nobody else uses this term. So when you look it up, here's what we're talking about. So most libraries are going to use phrases like your account is suspended or you're prohibited from using your account. Perhaps it's frozen, right? Those are going to be like the technical terms. Here's what it really means. You either have a decent amount of fines or an item such as a book or could be something else that you have not returned. And because of this, the library is saying you can no longer use your traditional library services until you either return that item or pay your fines. Basically for me, it means I cannot check out library books. And to me, that's like jail because I'm no longer allowed this amazing resource of books. That's why I call it library jail. I would say most of us have ended up in library jail with a suspended account, whatever we want to call it, for really two reasons. One is fines and the other is an item that hasn't been returned. Again, it could be lost or maybe... It's just taking you a long time to read it. Who knows what? So we have some really, really good news. We're going to talk about fines at first. But before we get into that, we have some really good news. When you look up online, you can see that the Guinness World Record for the most overdue library book is held by Robert Walpole of England, who borrowed a book from the Sydney Sussex College in 1668, and the book was returned 288 years later. Why is that good news to us? Well, I think it's good news to us because most of us, hopefully, have not had a book for 288 years. I feel really good about that. And I don't feel as bad about some of my other late books. And another one is in 2018, the New York Daily News wrote this charming piece about an overdue book. Checked out in 1934 and returned to a Louisiana library 84 years later. Okay, so that's also good news. Hopefully, we don't have a book that's 84 years late. Another one in terms of overdue library books and the largest fine, 
according to, again, the Guinness Book of World Records. The largest for one book is $345.14. That was the amount owed at two cents a day for the poetry book, Days and Deeds. Checked out of the Kewanee Public Library in Illinois in April 1955 and returned. It was due back April 19. Emily found it in her mother's house 47 years later and paid that $345.14 fine. Again, I consider it good news if our fines are less than that. Another funny piece I was just reading, I'll include this in the show notes. Jerry Seinfeld was quoted just the other day at the end of October as saying the hardest scene to film on Seinfeld without laughing in all the seasons of Seinfeld, the one episode that he could not get through was the one you guessed it season three episode the library and that was his confrontation with lieutenant bookman right the library cop who comes to his house you know angry at him because he has not returned his late copy of tropic of cancer and it's so funny if you have not seen this one you've got to like do a quick youtube it's so clear. Seinfeld said in his interview that I'll, I'll post in the show notes that he literally could not get through this scene and they had to make up multiple takes and you can actually watch him and see him breaking and practically cracking up in the entire scene. It's really, really funny. So these are all funny, uplifting stories. You know, yes, it is a little amusing, but the bottom line is, look, when it happens to you, and you find out you can't use your library services for me, it's stressful, right? We don't want that to happen. We want to be good library citizens. We don't want to end up in library jail. We want to, you know, obey and follow all the rules. But again, we're people too, and we do make mistakes. So just to prove that I'm there, I'm going to see if I can figure out my technology, guys. Here's the message I got. Hello, this is a message from the library for Lisa Hedger. According to our library records, you have items overdue. If you have questions regarding your library account, please contact the library. Thank you for using the library. Goodbye. Okay, so that is my proof, you guys, that yes, it has happened to me. That's my warning clue. I'm not in library jail at that point. That just is like, hey, Lisa, you need to turn that in. Like I said, let's kind of dive into the two reasons this normally happens. Number one is fines. Okay. So the most exciting news about fines is that many, many, many libraries here in 2021 have gone fine free. So what does that mean? Well, that basically means that as long as you return your item, you will be charged no fine, like zero fine, okay? So you could have something for that, you know, whatever, 200 years, I guess, and you won't have to pay any fine. You could have it for a year and you won't have to pay any fine. So that is super, super exciting. In fact, in October, the New York, New York City Public Libraries have eliminated their fines. We also have libraries in San Francisco, Chicago, Ohio, Boston, Los Angeles County, like all over the country that have eliminated fines. So that is super exciting. Now, if you're in a place that still is charging fines, super frustrating, right? And for some reason, your account has been suspended, library jail, because of your fines, I would personally ask and say, hey, is there some type of library fine forgiveness program? 
is there any way that they could, you know, consider going fine free? I would bring this up because this is such a national trend right now. Of course, during the pandemic, financially, times were tough. So that is why these libraries have said, look, we are eliminating fines. And I really do think that if a fine is preventing you from using your traditional library services, I think you should say something. I think you should ask, right? I'll post a couple other links here in the show notes. American Library Association even passed a resolution in January 2019. You could bring that up to your own library, stating that the American Library Association asserts that imposition of monetary library fines creates a barrier to the provision of library and information services. So I I hope that if your library is one that still has fines, that they're going to be changing that very soon. Then the, the second issue, right, the second reason that many of us end up in, in library jail is because we have lost a book. We have not returned it, right? We have not returned the book. In many cases, maybe we have lost it. Now, if you have toddlers, I mean, I don't know what else to say about like thoughts and prayers because I had, my kids were spaced far apart, so I had a toddler in the house for almost 10 years. And when that happened, short of following them around everywhere they'd go with a library book, inevitably, you know, one layered book would end up in that little hidden area between the bed and the wall or inside the, the couch cushion. I mean, you name it. It is just really, really hard when you have a household of a lot of people reading and they read in different spaces. We can all say, oh, our library books are only going to be in this area. They shall never be moved anywhere else. We only use library books here. Please do not relocate them. I mean, that sounds great in theory. That sounds wonderful. But in practicality, it's not very realistic. When I had a a toddler. I mean, I basically had to just know that I was probably going to pay for a book at least once a year, if not more. So I just kind of had to set aside, okay, I will be buying a book because you get to the point where, you know, the library is saying, oh, you can't use your services, your account suspended until you return this item. And then you're just trying to decide, like, I, basically for me, I know that the second I pay for the item, I will ultimately find it and I have to decide what is more important, like my pride or do I just pay for it so I can continue using the library. Ultimately, I want to use the library. Um, so I just I just think that that's really, really tough when, when you have little kids and you just have to kind of forgive yourself. Probably better when you can to pay for the item. Now, I was looking... All libraries have different rules on this. I remember oftentimes the library system I used, they would say, hey, I would pay for it. And then, of course, I'd find it a couple months later and I would return it. And they would say, well, you already paid for it. Why are you returning it? And I would say, well, but it's your book. And, you know, anyhow, that didn't seem to, to really matter. But I was looking at the New York Public Library. So even though, like I said, they have gotten rid of their fines... This is right on their page, and I can link to that as well. But borrowing privileges are suspended for card holders with replacement fees totaling $100 or more, right? So what that means is you've not turned in your item, you've lost it, or what have you, so your privilege can still be suspended, okay? 
But this also says a couple of interesting things here. The suspension for New York Public Library only requires to physical items. Yes. So they can, you can still use your library cards to access ebooks and library computers. And I also saw on the New York Public Library that if you do find your item, they will reimburse you for what you paid. So if you do return it, but every library has different policies on this, right? What I want to talk about now is, you know, trying to avoid library jail, if you will, in light of you haven't lost the book, right? But perhaps we're not managing our library books as well as we could be. So I think that's one of the biggest issues here. And apologies right now, because I'm going to be kind of looking at my online system. That's one of the first things we can do if you're a library user and you tend to, you know, request books and check books out, be sure to really utilize your online system. Maybe it's an app on your computer. This can be really, really helpful and this can help us organize things. So when I look at my system, I'm looking right here. One thing that's super nice, this is another like new library thing. Many libraries, I, I a lot have automatic renewal. If it's a book that can be renewed, that means, you know, that not a bunch of other people are requesting it. It has an automatic renewal. What we need to organize is the books that we're requesting that are super, super popular, that have a long, long hold list, those are ones that are not going to have many renewals. Those are the ones that we need to turn in. A couple minutes ago, you heard my library message, right? Where they said, hey, this book is overdue. So I'll tell you which one it is. It is Crying in H Mart, which is a memoir, super popular. It was due a little bit ago, and I can see right now um, it has zero renewals. I have got to get that book back in. There's no way I am going to get a renewal on it. And quite frankly, like this is one I, I should have realized. I needed to prioritize my reading a little bit better because I knew this was a super popular book. And then, so what I've done now is I can actually organize, you guys, my online list. So I can see the ones with the least, I can organize it from least to most in terms of renewals. I see Sparks Like Stars, zero renewals, okay? So that's due November 17th. All the Light We Cannot See, another super popular one, right? That's due November 4th with zero renewals. And then I get to, to uh, check, please, uh, book two, uh, Six and Scones, uh, Featherhood, A Memoir of Birds and Feathers, A Magpie. Those all have one renewal. Then I'm, I'm cruising on down my list here. Um, I see We Begin at the End has three renewals. Um, which I had not read yet. Okay, the cast, um, The Origins of Our Discontents, highly recommend, guys. It's a really excellent book. I have read it, uh, but I'm going to hang on to it for a little bit because my other book club is going to be discussing it. That has nine renewals, right? So I don't have to worry too much about that one. Uh, now, of course, I know these renewals can change, certainly. Uh, Shuggy Bane, that one has 10 renewals. The Push, supposed to be super popular, that has 10 renewals. Uh, Susan Orlean, who I really like as an author, I really enjoy, on animals has 10 renewals as well. So that can help you to organize, right? To see, just to get an idea. And again, these are all moving pieces because we know that certainly, you know, one of these books could start to get very popular, of course. 
So here's another strategy that I think we should look at. I'm going to be clicking around on my computer. I can go to my requests, right? I can see the books that I have requested and I can see the personal librarian. I'm number two out of 216. That's a super popular book. The second I get that book, I will probably have to read it. So here's something I can do, you guys. And since I'm already behind, I can suspend my request. So this is the kind of thing I want you to go to your app, go online and see what kind of opportunities you have to make these little changes. One thing that's always happens to me is, you know, I get seven holds in at one time on really popular books and my book management gets way behind and I end up, you know, either getting stupid, these late notices or things like that, or, um, you know, turning them in and not reading the books. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the personal librarian, I'm actually going to suspend that one, suspend my hold, right? And as I understand it, and again, ask your librarians, this is my system, every system's different. But if you do something like that, I believe in most cases, it should hold your place in the order, okay? So that you're not starting back. I shouldn't have to start back at number 216. People we meet on vacation, all right? I'm number 23 of 145. I probably won't suspend that one just yet, but, you know, I've been waiting for that one for four or five months. Um, so I know, again, because that's so popular, as soon as I get that, I'm going to have to read it right away. So I think that we really need to take advantage of these online systems, um, myself, quite frankly, but all of us. And I think this will help us to stay on track and, and ultimately to um, stay out of getting our accounts suspended and, and things, things like that. If you have any tips or strategies or things that have really worked for you to um, keep your account in good standing at the library, please reach out to me on my social media. You can find me on my website at www.everyoneloveditbutme.com. Now I want to jump to the Scholastic Fall Book Fair, right? So this is something that has been around for years and years and years, and it is... Oh my gosh, it's like one of my favorite memories, and I think everybody who loves books, it's like one of your most favorite, favorite memories. It is just the best. Um, I, I saw a meme the other day that said something like, oh, I wish every day of my adult life could be like, you know, walking into this classic fall fair in 2004. Oh, okay, so for me, it probably wasn't, it was not 2004, but you get the picture, right? It's so exciting. Now, if you're a parent, I do think there's some tips that, that we need to think about with these scholastic, um, with, with the book fair, right? With the, and they're usually in the fall. So that's why I think this is a good time to talk about it. And I posted this on my Facebook group that you can find. Everyone loved it but me and asked this question, like, what are your criteria? So my first criteria really is like, with my kids, when I give them the money, you know, however we set that up, I say, look guys, books only, right? So none of those, you know, pencils that smell like strawberries and fidget spinners and, and little glow up keychains, like none of the trinkets and tchotchkes. I want books only. And I learned about that, you know, that just the first time. And so I asked what were some other tips? So some people say they want their kids to kind of maybe stay 
away from those books that you only read one time. Maybe, you know, don't steer them toward a graphic novel. I go back and forth on that. I think that's just a decision for each family. I'm very big on whatever you're reading, you're reading, and I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, it was questionable this year. My son brought home a Pokemon book, and I mean, it's a book, but like I said, it's, I put that in quotes. I'm not so sure there's actually a story, um, but anyway, it followed my criteria, so I couldn't say anything, but you just need to realize that when your kid goes to the book fair, that there are just so many other things outside of books that they can get, right? So you need to decide like, okay, am I okay with a cookbook? Yep. I'm fine with the cookbook. Are magazines good? Are graphic novels good? Are the, am I okay with the trinkets? You know, you just have to set up your boundaries and then certainly make it clear to them that if they want to get some of those things that are outside of your boundaries, then guess what? You know, they do it with their own money. Now, I have found one of our school districts in Northwest Indiana, and I think many others, they were super brilliant because they would partner up the book fair with Grandparents Day. So the grandparents would come in with the kids, and it was just a lovely opportunity. And, you know, what grandparent is going to say no to a book? It's just not going to happen. So it was really cool. I think other places have done similar things. Maybe they'll do like a breakfast with grandparents or parents. And then you get to stroll around with your kid at the book fair. You get to like remember what it was like when you walked through the book fair yourself in the early 2000s or the 90s or the 80s or the 70s or whenever it was, right? And it's just an exciting, it's just an exciting time. So I love the book fair. And I think that's just really something um, just to keep in mind that now, I think really in the past 10 years, there's just so much more stuff there than just books. You just want to prepare yourself mentally kind of that if you're giving a kid money without any guidelines, they could come home with a lot of stuff that you may not want and you might be a little disappointed. So really just setting it up and saying, okay, here's what is okay. You know, chapter books, yes. Um, cookbooks, yes or no. Graphic novels, yes or no. You know, I'll pay for X amount with, with this money and then X amount you need to use with your own money. So I think if you go ahead with something like that, um, then expectations have been set. Everyone's clear. If you're fine with the tchotchkes or the strawberry smelling pencil, and trust me, they usually have one, several. <laughs> um, if you're fine with that, then go for it. Just be very clear because I was really surprised, quite frankly, when my daughter started going to the book fair with how much more stuff there was. I did not remember uh, all of those trinkets when, when I was a kid. Okay, the last book bit I want to discuss today is looking ahead to our reading goals, right? So a lot of times I try to come up with new goals, kind of the end of the year. So we're here in in November and leading into a new year of 2022, I feel like a lot of times we get in our lives, we're just so stuck on numbers, right? Whether it be weight or grades or what have you, we always are thinking of a certain number. And I think that happens with books too. Like I want to read X number of books. And I, I would encourage everybody to just think about your goals in a different way, right? So you can always attach that number to it. I know 
I often have a number goal as well. But I will tell you, I really like having a goal, having reading themes like dedicated to to more of a theme actually, right? So, you know, one year I wanted to reread the Newberries. You know, I wanted to go back and read more you know, young adults and middle grade books, you know, books that I read when I was a kid. And I wanted it to kind of reinvigorate my reading. And it was incredible. Like I loved it. Um, Another year I've wanted to maybe read across the world, right? So read books set in different countries and different spots. And this is something I want to revisit. I just wanted to get the idea out there because I really think this is where we can have fun, you know, because sometimes you could read a ridiculous number of books, but if they're not books that you really enjoy, you're going to end up leaving the year feeling a little, a little frustrated, right? There've been years that I've had a higher number of books, but I haven't actually enjoyed them as much. The year that I went back and was rereading some of the Newberry winners, that was one of my favorite reading years. I loved it, you know, and if you look at my reading list on Goodreads, you'll think, what was Lisa doing? She was reading all these kid books, but you know what? It was a blast and it was great. Let's start thinking about different types of themes that we can have as we're ending this year and looking at 2022 and think about, you know, maybe you want to read more books about the environment or it can be topic oriented. There's so many different ways we can approach this outside of just a number. All right. And before we go, I've got to recommend a book. So this one is Zori, Z-O-R-R-I-E. And it's by Laird Hunt, L-A-I-R-D space Hunt, H-U-N-T. And this is set in Depression era in Indiana. So full disclosure, I was born and raised in Indiana. So I'm certainly going to be attracted to a book like this. It's, it's what I would describe as a quiet book. So not a lot of plot. You know, if you're someone who likes like a lot of moving pieces and plot, this might not be the book for you. It's very quiet. She, you know, experiences life. She has good times and bad times, but life is happening. And It just is really, really lovely. I really enjoyed it. I will also include it in the show notes. So I want to thank all of you, as always, for listening to Everyone Loved It But Me. If you want to get a hold of me, you can always reach out to me on www.everyoneloveditbutme.com. And as a reminder, all the books mentioned on this episode, even the ones um, on my hold list, will be in the show notes. And certainly if you do want to purchase those, just so you know, I will receive a teeny tiny commission. I have chosen to affiliate with bookshop.org, which is an online bookstore that really strives to support independent bookstores. As always, if you do have an Everyone Loved It But Me book that you'd love to discuss on the podcast, reach out to me on my website. And I would really love it if you would follow me wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends and relatives about my show. If you give me a five-star rating, that would be really cool too because that will help more listeners find my show. Thank you again so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I hope everyone has an excellent day. And most importantly, I hope you get to read today.